It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. There is one position group I believe BYU football needs to have a major upgrade in to have the most success in 2024. It might not be the position group you're thinking about, but we're talking about that and also talking BYU basketball taking on Baylor tonight in the Marriott Center. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. By way of introduction, this is your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. And today's show is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Today's episode brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more with our friends at FanDuel. New customers, join today, and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Simple as that. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. All right, to kick off today's show, I want to talk about BYU's defense. And in particular, there's our spring camp preview series rolls on. Let's talk about BYU's defensive tackles. I teased in the open of today's show that I believe that this position group is going to be the most critical for BYU to have success under Jay Hill's defense in 2024. Why do I think that? Well, think back to 2023 for BYU and their defense. They had some pretty good defensive linemen. I'm not going to say spectacular. I thought they had pretty good defensive linemen across the board. The problem was, I said this often, if you, and those of you who are everydayers probably heard me talk about it all the time when I was talking about the defensive performance week in and week out during the past football season, was that it felt like BYU had one solid defensive tackle and then a question mark at the other position. And it didn't matter who it was, opposite of uh, the, 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 so here, let me back up for a second here. When it came to BYU's defense, they like to play a four man front. And that was a kind of a new thing that BYU was going to play base four man fronts. And Jackson Cravens came into BYU as a transfer from Boise State and very much held his own. And I thought was BYU's most consistent defensive lineman across the board last year. But as I kind of mentioned, it felt like there was Jackson Cravens and then whoever else was alongside him at defensive tackle. And then trust me, it was a revolving door of different guys. They never really got the same traction and the, overall uh, solid play that Jackson Cravens offered to BYU's defensive line. And as a result, I really felt like that was a weak point for BYU defensively and other teams exploited that. They would run away opposite of where Jackson Cravens was lined up and they've often found success. So BYU, I think, hit the transfer portal and obviously the recruiting trail very, very hard this past offseason with the whole goal of upgrading that position group. So let's talk about some of the contenders going into the season. Obviously, you lose Jackson Cravens. That's a low because you would have liked to have had him for another season in BYU's defense, but he was a grad transfer, only had one year to get it right, and I thought he had a pretty solid showing, so now you turn your attention to other guys on the roster. The guy that I felt like came on the strongest down the stretch for BYU, and I thought he started to show flashes of what he's capable of doing, is former Snow College standout David Latu. Now, this is a former junior college All-American, a guy who was a standout in high school at Bingham High School up there in South Jordan, Utah. He is a guy that got into camp late for BYU last year, and I've got 
out the thought that had he been able to go through an entire training camp last year, he very well may have ended up being that uh, kind of the the opposite guy of Jackson Cravens and probably could have offered more consistency to BYU. The problem was he got into camp late, getting his uh, grades and everything, and enrolled in school all put in order. So as a result, he was behind the eight ball and really was playing catch up the entire season. When he was on the field for BYU, he had moments of absolute brilliance, but also had moments where it's felt like he was not uh, completely uh, engaged or not engaged, probably not completely uh, ready for some of the things that were being asked of by him. But I've got the thought that David Law too is going to be an absolute animal in spring camp. Now he's got like a full season of having experienced what BYU is going up against in the Big 12. He's got incredible size for the position, six foot four, 300 pounds, according to BYU's roster. And I would expect that in spring camp, he's going to be one of the lead guys for BYU at defensive tackle, if not the lead guy for BYU. Uh, there are big question marks, obviously, with the departures of guys like Atunai Samahe. I do not know the status of Caden Haas, who was a guy who did walk on senior day for BYU. So depending on if he's able to play or if he opts to play this year, that could change things. But without those guys, I think the next guy up on the roster currently as a holdover is John Nelson. Now, John Nelson has been kind of uh, yo-yoed around on the defensive line for BYU during his career. He started out as a defensive tackle, was asked to play defensive end, now has moved back inside, and the hope is that he will have spent the offseason bulking up and being able to play more at his natural size and uh, playing defensive tackle at, with better technique and better leverage simply due to the fact that he's not an undersized defensive tackle any longer. That is a big key for him, and obviously he suffered a season-ending injury uh, midway through last year, so the hope that he, he will be healthy, and if, even if he's limited in spring camp, there's still some belief in my mind that he could end up being a starter for BYU because he's got that type of capability. So those two guys, speaking of David Latu as well as John Nelson, keep an eye on them in spring camp. I believe that they're going to get the first crack of being the first string tandem, at least to start out in spring camp, and we'll see how other guys develop along the way. Other guys that were holdovers from last year's roster include Joshua Singh, I love Josh in terms of his overall ability because this is a guy that, uh, frankly, does not have the measurables that anybody would believe could have success at this level. But he's listed at six foot, two hundred and seventy-five pounds. But what I love about Josh is that size actually plays to his advantage. He plays with incredible leverage, and there are times, yes, he get, does get overwhelmed just simply due to the fact that he's not the biggest guy on the field. But his leverage, his natural slipperiness, actually makes him an effective player in his role. And he is a guy to keep an eye on during spring camp to see if he's able to kind of move up the depth chart and establish himself more in the rotation. And then obviously there are two other guys that are holdovers that I would keep an eye on that I think still need some seasoning. Uh, they are Bruce Mitchell, a former standout at South Summit High School up in Camas, Utah. And then Wyatt Daw. Uh, Wyatt came to BYU by way of transfer last season from Southern Utah, a walk-on with the football program. Both of them have good size, I think, for the position. They list Wyatt Daw at six foot, two hundred ninety-five pounds, whereas Bruce Mitchell six four, three hundred pounds. So they have the requisite mass. It feels like to hold up in the interior of BYU's defensive line. We'll see if they're able to make an impression during spring camp. But there are two names I'm keeping an, a close eye on during uh, training camp in terms of additions to this roster. The first is Danny Saili. Now, uh, many of you might recall he was a junior college uh, enrollee for BYU it, during the winter semester. Uh, 
coming to BYU by way of Hutchinson Community College. I had committed at one point to Oklahoma, then flipped to Texas Tech, and ultimately uh, flipped to BYU in the end and signed with the Cougars. One thing that Danny Saeli has that nobody else has on BYU's roster is legit just size on the interior. They list him at 330 pounds as he comes to BYU by way, like I mentioned, of Hutchinson Community College. And Saeli has got the capability and the opportunity as well to come into spring camp for BYU and entrench himself literally, I try to say literally and figuratively, literally and figuratively on BYU's defensive front, if not maybe potentially win a starting job if he's able to prove consistent enough and picks up the scheme fast enough. That's going to be the biggest thing for him is coming in and avoiding uh, kind of the fate that David Latu suffered last year where he gets uh, in late and doesn't have the requisite time to get up to speed on the overall scheme and philosophy of this defense. Now, he will go through spring ball, which is a big difference in the circumstance that David Latu fa- uh, faced when he enrolled during training camp in August. Uh, the nice part is uh, Saeli will have spring camp. He'll go through summer and player run practices, pick the brain of his teammates, and then obviously hit uh, ground running, hopefully, in training camp. But I am excited to see him uh, during training camp because excuse me spring camp because 6'3", miss I misread the, the roster, 355 pounds. So I I, I, I did miss him. I, I mislisted him by 20 pounds plus. But uh, that size is going to be important for BYU because I feel like the defensive tackle position for BYU, if they can get two guys and hopefully a rotation of four uh, with Stone Apua teaching them uh, the ropes along the way, they can get a solid rotation of guys and they're able to hold up in the run game and make it a much more solid defensive front in terms of the run game and then even offer some uh, pass uh, rush with their ability to manipulate the pocket when it comes to third and long situations. If they're capable of doing that, that is going to make Jay Hill's defense so much more effective. One of the big weaknesses last year is what I mentioned. When David Latu and other guys, Atunai Samahe, Caden Haas were on the field, it felt like teams would run directly at them whereas they were bypassing Jackson Cravens. BYU's defensive tackles need to prove that they can be that wall uh, that BYU needs them to be on the interior of this defensive line. They need to be able to take on double teams and triple teams at times and hold up and be able to clog up the running lanes. If they can do that, that'll free up BYU's defensive ends, linebackers, nickelbacks, corners, safeties, whoever it might be, to play more freely within this scheme and free them up to make more highlight reel plays. It's a thankless job to play on the defensive tackle front for any uh, defense. I don't care who defense it is, but the best defensive tackles in the world, they know that they are going to toil in anonymity and they will absolutely not necessarily get the same type of hype, uh, praise, love that they would uh, the other guys get from the uh, public, but they know in the interior uh, of their uh, football program, on the inside, they are, they are appreciated, they are loved up, and they know their value that they bring uh, to BYU. So keep an eye on Danny Saeli during training camp. One of them to keep an eye on, he's a return missionary, and I think he might be a little bit undersized right now, but BYU listen to the defensive tackle, is Dallin Havea, a former prep star at Provo High School. Uh, Dallin is a very, very talented athlete. I'm actually surprised they list him at defensive tackle, but they must believe that his frame can add the requisite weight to play at that position. And if his uh, true athleticism, because I had a chance to watch him during his youth football days leading up to him playing in high school, if the athleticism I saw on display from his youth football days on 
on into high school, translates over with added mass to defensive tackle. You've got a really, really a nice potential uh, project, diamond in the rough type, uh, down the road for BYU. It may not show uh, quite yet in terms of year one at BYU, but Havea, uh, keep an eye on that name. Dallin Havea is one to kind of file away for future reference because I really, really believe that his athleticism, and if, if it translates over and he's able to play with the leverage necessary that he has to play with a defensive tackle, uh, translate over and he learns the scheme and kind of gets engrossed in all this, I'd really like his potential and what he could offer down the road. So it's a pretty light group in terms of BYU's defensive tackle uh, position. There's not necessarily a lot of bodies there, but the bodies that are there need to prove that they can hold the line and be able to be kind of be that, that point of the spear, as it were, for BYU's defense. They have to uh, sacrifice themselves for the rest of their teammates to go and kind of get the glory. And that it, it's not fun. But any of you who know the name Aaron Donald, well, guess what? There's a reason why Aaron Donald was the highest paid NFL defensive player for many, many years is because his value, uh, both as a pass rusher as well as, in particular, a run stopper, it is elite, it is underappreciated, and it is rare, rare to find. So hopefully BYU can find the right combo of defensive tackles uh, that can uh, really free up, like I mentioned, their teammates to go make the plays for BYU's defense. And if they can do just that, maybe, just maybe, we'll see this BYU defense take another step forward in 2024 under Jay Hill's direction. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll finish up. Uh, well, not finish up. We'll look ahead to a big uh, game tonight as BYU basketball takes on a Baylor at the Marriott Center, one of just three remaining home games this season for the BYU basketball program. It is a top 25 showdown, just barely, because BYU is checking in at number 25 in the national rankings. We'll preview that next right here on Locked on Cougars. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Now, FanDuel is here for you guys to help you get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. Think about that. $150 if your bet wins. It's as simple as that. You can do a lot worse uh, and gain a lot more than what our friends at FanDuel are offering to you guys right now. The best part is you can bet on all of your NBA and college hoop favorites and teams. Quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props available only on FanDuel. If you want to just kind of get down to the nitty-gritty and do simple stuff in terms of over-under, money line, uh, you think a guy is going to have a big night and you want to bet the over-under on his points scored, it's all available to you from our friends at FanDuel, and it's all inside their easy-to-use app. I cannot reiterate how simple it is to use the app. So want to get on it today, my friends. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot today. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started with our friends at FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Utah Community Credit Union. Uh, you guys uh, need to check out their brand new checking program. They have exciting news. They have elevated the checking accounts by enhancing them with more benefits, more savings, and more online protections than ever before. A lot more. Paired with the most advanced and comprehensive mobile banking tools, elevated checking from UCCU is a must-have financial product packed with lifestyle, security, and financial benefits. Get on it today, my friends. The security benefits alone include identity monitoring that actively scans thousands of databases for early detection of possible identity thefts, credit monitoring that alerts you to any changes to your credit report, dark web monitoring that alerts you for personal information to expose an identity theft resolution with up to $10,000 in ID theft reimbursement and specialists to help you uh, regain your life, as, as it were. Elevated checking is free with our friends at UCCU. If you have one of any, any of the following, you use your debit or credit card 15 times or more a month, or you make a monthly direct deposit uh, of $500 or more, or maintain an average daily balance of $1,500 in your account. Other 
Otherwise, UCCU's elevated checking is just $6 a month. So visit uccu.com to open an elevated checking account right now, my friends, or stop by any branch. You can also open the account in person as well. That's all courtesy of your friends at UCCU. Love where you bank. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Appreciate all of you uh, for being with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I uh, would encourage you guys, if you haven't done so already, please sign up for our Locked On Cougars Insider Group. It's uh, updates for you guys coming via text messages. I uh, really appreciate those of you who have signed up. We've had some glitches uh, of late with it, I guess, uh, in terms of just uh, making sure that everybody is on the same page. But We have resolved those. So uh, the nice part is if you guys want uh, daily updates, uh, insider intel, that I'm passing along uh, to listeners the second I get it. Uh, I'd be happy to have you guys along for the ride. Please check it out in our uh, links below. If you uh, have a 14-day free trial, see if it's the right option for you in just $5 a month afterwards. It's a great way to support the show and also uh, get some inside intel and direct access uh, to myself if that's something you're looking forward to. Uh, So check it out. That's our Locked On Cougars Insider Group uh, of courtesy of our friends over at Subtext. All right. BYU basketball in action tonight at the Marriott Center. 7 o'clock tip is the Baylor Bears, the 11th-ranked Bears, coming to face off against the 25th-ranked Cougars. Uh, Frankly, I'm actually uh, surprised BYU is still nationally ranked after the loss to Oklahoma State. I know that it's the Big 12. I know that these teams are beating up on each other, but when you lose to the cellar-dweller of the standings in the conference, typically you get hammered pretty hard in the national rankings, and BYU dropping six spots, that's fairly... uh, I think it's fair. I I, would have thought that BYU probably would have checked in and just outside the top 25, but to still be a top 25 ranked team is a mark, I think, of some respect for what BYU has accomplished this season. But let's uh, add the caveat that this is going to be a very, very tough finishing stretch for BYU starting tonight against the Baylor Bears. These final six games for BYU, they're evenly split. Three home, three away, and all six of them are eminently winnable, but also eminently losable for BYU. That's kind of the nature that's par for the course with regards to the Big 12. The thing about Baylor tonight is BYU has not seen them for quite a while. BYU and Baylor faced off back in January, so it's been a minute since these two teams got together. But the bigger thing for BYU is looking at the Baylor Bears is that you have to be able to bottle up uh, on defense. The, the biggest thing that BYU has faced the last two games, when we talked about it yesterday on the podcast, is you're, you're giving up an average of 90.5. That's 9-0. 90.5 points per game. You're going to have a hard time winning any. I mean, any basketball game the remainder of this season. You give teams like that the green light to just go out there and run you uh, off the court, that's going to make it very, very tough. The good news for BYU going up against Baylor is BYU is finally getting a second crack at this team. Now, uh, Jacoby Walter is the Bears' leading scorer at 14.5 points per game. There are six Bears that average better than 10 points per game, so it's a very, very balanced Baylor squad in terms of their overall offense. Uh, Ray J. Dennis is 13.4 points per game. Langston Love has 11.5. Uh, and they're just kind of down the list. You look at all the guys that, that Baylor can throw at you, BYU saw that firsthand when they played that game down there in Waco. They know what Baylor can throw at them. They know that it comes from all angles with regards to what the Bears are going to offer. But the thing I think BYU is going to be motivated about is they have heard a lot of that outside noise, I'm sure, about BYU's defense. Oh, it stinks. These guys stink. They're falling apart at the wrong time of the season. On and on and on and on. 
And I'm expecting a better effort from BYU. Now, I am surprised our friends at FanDuel have BYU as a two-and-a-half-point favorite in tonight's game. Do they know something that I don't? Because I was stunned that the 11th-ranked Baylor Bears are not the favorite coming into Provo. Do they think that Baylor's going to struggle on the road playing at elevation? Maybe so. But this is a huge opportunity for BYU. Can you uh, right the ship a little bit here? Can you play better, cohesive team defense and slow down Baylor and find enough offense on your home court to come Come out with what would be a huge win that, in many respects, I think nobody is frankly expecting from this BYU squad. The other thing about this is, if you lose this game, when is the next win for BYU? Is it at Kansas State this weekend? Is it next week when you go to Kansas, go to Fog Allen Fieldhouse? It just It's hard to see uh, where BYU gets a break in this final stretch run for them, and I think that they understand that. They understand that they're not expecting a team to take it easy on them, and nor should they. This is the Big 12. This is a conference that is going to put 9, 10, maybe at the very most 11 teams of the 14 in the league in the NCAA tournament. And BYU right now is firmly in that mix. You can't allow yourself to slip right now, though, because if you do slip, suddenly you can find yourself on the outside of just missing out on Selection Sunday, and you don't want to have that. For most of the season, BYU has been an analytics darling. Uh, KenPalm.com, the BPI index from ESPN, on down the list, have really loved what BYU has done. This is the wrong time to let things slip, let go of the rope, as they say, for the BYU basketball program. I don't believe that Mark Pope will let his guys let go of the rope. He will be absolutely on them, saying, nobody believes in you right now. They believe that you guys have slipped, that you guys have finally uh, cracked under the pressure of playing in the Big 12. He is going to motivate them as best he possibly can. But as we often say on this podcast, I love saying it, is that players make plays. Coaches can do all that they can, but the players make the plays to ultimately determine the outcome of this. The biggest thing for me tonight from BYU is I'm not necessarily as worried about the offense. I know the shooting numbers have not been great, especially coming off that game against Oklahoma State. But BYU shooting numbers at home traditionally have been very strong this season. Three-point inside the arc, they've actually been very, very good in terms of their overall offense at home. I am worried sick about BYU's defensive effort. It felt like at times against Oklahoma State that they just were kind of like, oh, we're here, we'll just do our thing. They've got to dig in. It's not easy to play elite defense. It's not It's not fun to play defense. Let's be honest. Any of you who have played basketball, there's a reason why a lot of guys get the reputation of being cherry pickers when it comes to pickup basketball. It's tough to run back on defense and want to uh, get down into, into a defensive stat, a stat, stance and get after it and slow down the opponent and box out and get a re- rebound, and then back down the court and try and run your offensive set. But this is what's going to be the key for BYU in this stretch run of the season, is their ability to rebound from what has been a very rough two-game stretch of defense against UCF and Oklahoma State now. Can you get back to doing what you're doing before that and get back to averaging around 65 to 70 points per game? If you can do that defensively, it's going to give BYU infinitely better chances to win some of these very, very tough games in this stretch run for the Cougars. Tonight's a tough one. There's no... no, if and or but about it against the Baylor Bears. This is a program, speaking of Baylor, that has got aspirations of making a deep run in the NCAA tournament. Well, guess what? BYU has those same aspirations, and getting a win like this tonight would go a long way to doing that. But if you want to do that, you've got to play better defense in this game because, remember, BYU went to Waco, and they had one of their worst defensive outings to that point in the season when they took on a Baylor down there in Waco. So uh, get the offense going again. I, like I said, I'm not all that concerned about BYU's offensive showing in this game because when they're in the Marriott Center it feels like this BYU team just kind of settles in and they, they they know their spots on the court and there's just there's that uh, familiarity factor that's at play 
But I want to see BYU lock in defensively. You've got to win the rebounding battle. You've got to avoid turnovers. If BYU goes above 12 turnovers in this game, it's going to be a tough game to win for the Cougars. They have been at their best when they have limited their turnovers to 12 and under, and even under 10 in most of these games. BYU has had their best opportunities to win and has won a lot of those games. When those turnover woes for BYU start creeping up and they start getting to 14, 15 turnovers in a game, and the other thing about it is their live ball turnovers, and what I mean by that is you turn over in the backcourt and the other team's off to the races and then laying it in for two points. Those points off turnovers, they're critical, critical numbers for BYU. A success or failure in a game, win or loss for BYU, traditionally you can probably look at that turnover uh, points off turnovers number. If the other team has more points off turnovers than BYU does or they're close to it, uh, they typically have won that game. So there's a lot going for BYU getting back home against Baylor here, but you've got to be better on defense. You've got to win that rebounding battle. You've got to be very careful to watch your turnovers, take care of the basketball. If BYU gets back to playing more fundamental basketball, it feels like they will have a chance in this game. But until they do that, until they prove they can do that, uh, jury's out on how good this stretch run is going to be for BYU. They very easily can find themselves going 3-3, three and three, it feels like. They very easily can find themselves going 5-1. Uh, and one. But they have to be able to lock it down on the defensive end of the court. If they cannot do that, well then, what is 1-5 in play, 2-4 and four at the best? It really, I think, hinges on the defensive side of the basketball for BYU in this final six games of the regular season. All right, we will finish up today's edition of the show uh, with some applaudits for another BYU basketball star, albeit on the women's basketball side. Lauren Gustin picking up a pretty major honor from the Big 12 Conference yesterday. We'll talk about that and also how BYU baseball did as well. It's all coming up next right here on Locked on Cougars. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to be able to find the quality professionals that are right for the role in your business. The best part is you have to check out my friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. They have the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster, and more importantly, they're doing it for free, everybody. You heard that right, F-R-E-E. LinkedIn is not just another job board, my friends. It's a vast network of more than a billion professionals that have uh, the best place to make the hire for you guys because all those people, you can find some quality candidates. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else and as all of that will making the process easy and intuitive uh so hiring is so easy with our friends at linkedin jobs that have that many quality candidates so easy in fact that 86 percent of small businesses get a qualified candidate within just 24 hours of their job posting on linkedin they know that small businesses are wearing many many hats might have the adequate time or resources to make the right hire they want to make it as simple as possible for you guys they have constantly finding uh, new ways to make the process easier as well to even just launch a new feature that helps you write your job descriptions making the process even easier and quicker and obviously making it uh, that much uh, easier to lock in on the best candidate for your position. So post your job for free today at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college. Get started today to post that job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. I want to encourage you guys, if you have not done so already, make sure you check out our first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's also available now on Amazon Fire TV and the free Fire TV channels app. And I'm guessing it's coming soon to other uh, streaming platforms. It's called Locked On Sports Today and it's here for you 24-7. Come to the top sports stories of today with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league as well. Find Locked On Sports Today now available on YouTube as well as the free Fire TV channels app on Amazon Fire TV today. All right, BYU women's basketball has had a very, very a solid run uh, of late for BYU, and a big reason why is because Lauren Gustin is just went absolutely berserk right now. She has been absolutely lights out for this BYU women's basketball team. She almost in many ways has been single-handedly uh, keeping BYU in games. She's a double-double machine. She averaged 27.5 points per game on a 63.2% uh, uh, per uh, clip shooting last week, while also averaging 16 and a half rebounds as BYU split their games last week, and then she for those numbers, she was honored with her second straight Big 12 Player of the Week award. She is the first back-to-back Big 12 Player of the Week award recipient this season in the Big 12, so congratulations are in order to Lauren Gustin. Uh, she's been absolutely magnificent this year. There was some thought that she may transfer somewhere else for her final season of collegiate eligibility, but she opted to stay put in Provo, and she has been worth every uh, dime that NIL and other uh, means have been uh, put, in or, uh, put in her pocket uh, to help her uh, stay and be happy at BYU. Uh, it hasn't been a great season overall for BYU women's basketball. I'm sure she would have liked to have had more success in terms of the win and loss uh, total for BYU, but she has been a fantastic leader for BYU and the Cougars, speaking of the women's basketball program, they're back in action Wednesday as they host TCU at the Marriott Center. There'll be a 7 o'clock Mountain Time tip. It will be streamed on Big 12 now on ESPN Plus if you want to check that out, but it's a it's a big big opportunity for uh, BYU BYU women's basketball. They're trying to finish the season strong here. They've had a good run of late, a tough loss to Kansas on Saturday, but hopefully they can bounce back as they take on uh, TCU on Wednesday night. I forgot to mention a little bit earlier on, if you want to watch BYU tonight, it's going to be at 7 o'clock Mountain Time against Baylor. Uh, it's a great opportunity. It's also on ESPN. So it's a big, big platform for BYU to hopefully go out there and pick up a big win, and we'll see how things uh, pan out tonight. But then BYU Baseball uh, facing off against Grand Canyon in the final game of the MLB Desert Invitational on Monday afternoon. Uh, Grand Canyon combined for five runs of the 7th and 8th innings to come from behind and beat BYU 6-2 to two in that final game of the MLB Desert Invitational. Uh, Desert Invitational. They were actually listed as Deseret Invitational here in the release from BYU. Somebody uh, lives in Utah, but nonetheless... Uh, BYU was up 2-1, and then the final two, uh, those two innings really uh, kind of broke the dam open uh, for Grand Canyon. So BYU drops to 1-2 and two on the year. Uh, we need to highlight one kid, by the way, who's been absolutely lights out in his early run for BYU. It's Kuhio Aloy, who is a freshman, if I'm not mistaken, from Hawaii, had a home runs against both USC and, uh, not Grand Canyon, and Ohio State over the weekend. He did go 1-for-2 in uh, this game yesterday, uh, scoring a run for BYU, but uh, all things considered, a pretty solid start for BYU. Uh, they're one and two to start the year, but they now they will travel uh, for a Wednesday game against Cal before facing UC Davis this weekend in a three-game series out there in the Bay Area. So a big opportunity for four games in the Bay for BYU, and we'll see how they do. Uh, UC Davis and Cal are two very strong programs on their own right out there on the West Coast, but uh, it's a very, very solid start to the season in terms of the schedule for BYU baseball. Those of you who saw our interview uh, with BYU baseball head coach, uh, 
Oh, it just uh, just skipped off my mind. Uh, BYU baseball, uh, their coach. Man, I'm just I, I'm very embarrassed all of a sudden. Uh, it, uh, Trent Pratt, that's what it was. I had to look it up. I had to click on the, the coaching staff. But uh, Trent Pratt talked about it last week. This is a schedule for BYU. Not just the Big 12 schedule alone, but just the overall schedule for BYU this season. It's very daunting. It's very challenging. But it's going to cause uh, BYU to grow up in many respects very early on uh, this season. We'll see how they do. I, I'm looking forward to seeing how BYU baseball proceeds this this year. Uh, losses uh, to Ohio State and Grand Canyon. Yes, it's baseball and things happen, but uh, this is a team that has shown it, it's got some power uh, in their bats. We'll see if it uh, translates to more success in terms of win and loss over this coming weekend when they face off against Cal and UC Davis. Alright, there you go. That's what, I got. That's what I got for you guys on this uh, now Tuesday edition of the show. Hope you had a fantastic holiday back in the swing of things this week. Uh, tomorrow on the show, we'll flip back over in terms of our position previews for BYU to the offense. I want to talk about BYU tight end position. Now, it's an interesting one because you have a converted wide receiver who could be your top guy. You have two uh, four-star freshmen that are expected to make him jump up the ranks for BYU at tight end, but also you have a number of holdovers from last year's squad that would love nothing more than to make that position their own. We'll talk about that position group on tomorrow's show as well as reacting uh, to BYU and Baylor in hoops as well. Whatever happens tonight, we'll have it for you guys right here on Locked on Cougar. So until then, thank you once again for making the podcast your first listen today. Thank you to all of you who are everyday as well, and we will catch you guys again soon right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.